Hi, everyone, and welcome to a very special episode of the Best Pictures Podcast. I'm Maggie, and with me, I have Lola. Hello. So we thought it would be a cool idea in honor of summer and Shark Week if we watched Jaws. Um, that's a little sample of the score right there. I mean, I am basically John Williams. Everyone is welcome. I mean, but that's what you think of when you think of this movie. Oh, yeah. I mean, you don't remember all the scenes like when we were watching it. I mean, half the stuff I don't remember, but I remember the score and you hear the score at the very beginning and it immediately gives you Mm -hmm. terror and dread. It's the score and like a couple lines. Yeah. So I'll just launch into a little bit more background before we dive right in. So, of course, John Williams did the score. This was directed by Steven Spielberg in 1975. Um, I'm also not going to do any sort of synopsis because I kind of assume everyone knows the basics. Yeah. Was this Steven Spielberg's first movie? It was one of his first, but I don't know. Yeah. I'm not sure if it was his very first because he was definitely able to like get some star power in there, which yeah, makes me true. think maybe not. Maybe. But it's definitely an earlier one. Oh, yeah, for, for sure. sure. Um, the story is based on the novel by the same name by Peter Benchley, and it is partially inspired by a series of shark attacks in 1916 on the Jersey Shore. I found out today that my director at work is actually from the town where those attacks happened. Oh, really? Um, And anyone who's curious about those, there's a podcast called The Dollop that does a fantastic episode on it. So, Yeah. What uh, Was it around the same year, the shark attacks, when he wrote it? I would assume, right? I don't think so. I think the book was later. Oh, okay. Uh, The book had a lot of influences. Oh, okay. Moby Dick. I will talk about that, I'm sure. Oh, yes. There are a lot of um, very many, many similarities between Moby Dick and Mm -hmm. a lot of the characters. A couple notes on like awards and nominations because this wasn't a Best Picture winner, but it was nominated. Um, So it lost Best Picture to One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. It won Best Film Editing. Uh, Verna Fields won for that. It won Best Original Dramatic Score for John Williams, and John Williams also won a Grammy for it. Yeah, and I think when we did it, he has 25 Grammys, and he has eight of the top 20 um, like major film scores of the 20 greatest movies ever made. So Maybe we just like do an episode, let's do an on episode John about John I mean, but really, if you do an episode on John Williams, you're hitting Star yeah. Wars, um, Indiana Jones. Jurassic Park. I mean... Uh, Harry Potter. I mean, he's been the man's basically been writing incredible scores his entire life, and yeah. he deserves to be recognized. I oh, mean, yeah. best pictures <laughs> podcast, best pictures <laughs> songwriter, right? Yeah, yeah. I don't know if we're up there with the Grammys just yet, uh, but yeah, we'll one day. It. Um, it also won best sound. Um, so that was the last bit of like awards and nominations, Oscar wise. It is on several of the American Film Institute's like top 100 lists. So it is number 48 on the original 100 best films. It dropped to 56 on like the 10 year anniversary um, edition that they did. And then The Shark is number 18 on AFI's best villains list. Mm. Mm-hmm. 
you're going to need a bigger bow is number 35 on top movie quotes. It is number six on AFI's top movie scores and number two on their top 100 thrills. It got beaten by Psycho. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah. And Psycho came out around the same time. So obviously the 70s was the pinnacle I think for... Psycho was 60s. Oh, really? I think so. Mm. Um, oh, that makes sense. But actually. kind of, this is a good segue. Speaking of Hitchcock, so <laughs> <laughs> they actually had a lot of problems with the mechanical shark, which is why you don't see it very often, especially until the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. So they which, really... Fun like... fact, his name is Bruce. <laughs> I think Bruce needs to be named, not the mechanical shark. His name yes. is Bruce. <laughs> okay, Bruce. Um, and... Basically, because of that, they kind of had to work around it, and Spielberg went for a more Hitchcock style where you don't see the threat until mm-hmm. kind of, I guess, the last half hour of the movie. Oh, maybe? yeah. I mean, there's the suspension definitely is pulled on by J.J. Abrams and a lot of those like horror or apocalyptic directors when mm-hmm. there is something going on but you really never see the actual character that is you know yeah perpetuating it until the very end of the movie when there's that big reveal and i feel like the first time you actually see the shark is like oh my gosh that thing is giant like you yeah. just you get there you get, understand why people are freaking out about oh, yeah. it so let's just kind of like moving into our watch notes you know starting at the beginning of the film i so i I had only seen this movie once before I oh, watched yeah. it for the podcast. Mm-hmm. Me which, too. <laughs> really? Yeah, I just apparently. I mean, it's not one that comes on the TV all the time. Yeah, I mean, it's not. But I, for some reason, I thought you were like a huge Jaws fan. But maybe that's because when I texted you to be like, "Do you want to be our guest on the podcast?" and you were like, "I've got all my hot takes already." Well, I mean, you know me and. As you guys will see, I would be a regular guest simply because <laughs> I come with the hot takes. We appreciate the hot takes. I, I love hot takes. So, I mean, and I have a lot of opinions on um, misunderstood animals. <laughs> and so sharks are one of them. Piranhas are another. They're very misunderstood um, simply because they have sharp, pointy, pointy teeth. Everyone's petrified of them. And I just don't think they get enough love. You know what? Maybe this isn't the best movie to support that argument. <laughs> I mean, just listen, throwing that out there. I've got some hot takes about the shark okay. and what he was really trying to do. And in his defense, they were killing maybe his best friends. I mean, they killed a couple of sharks. They were chumming. What was he supposed to know? He's just a dumb... I mean, he's obviously killing okay. machine. Actually, so I think we'll talk about it more when we get to like the big kind of climactic fight. That shark is smart. Too smart. Too smart. (laughs) But then you kind of, it's like, I was doing a lot of Googling while I was watching the movie, and a lot of the things they said in the movie was actually very true of sharks. Like, Mm -hmm. one being the size when they say, oh, it's 20, no, 25 feet. Like, (laughs) okay, like, let's calm down. I know it's a bigger shark, but there's no way a shark is 20 to 25 feet. No, the average is 16 feet and the female's 24 feet. So you're like, yeah, that that's a regular shark. So now I'm thinking, well, maybe a shark really is that intelligent and it just like knows where its victims are, yeah. where it can like bust into a window being like, hello. For like a size comparison, I'm going to recommend take a friend and a measuring tape and pace it out because Lola and her boyfriend did that before we started recording and like... It's the size of our apartment. Yeah, it like changes the way you Mm -hmm. view the movie a little bit 
It's it's absolutely terrifying. So, you know, hey, it's a big animal, but it has feelings too. <laughs> and I think that it was very, very I underestimated think, and wanted to prove its love. I think those feelings are murderous rage. Oh, yeah. Well, hey, love, murderous rage. There's really, <laughs> let's be real, in cinematography, there's a very fine line. Like, <laughs> yeah. You know what? Movie is sometimes not great about those boundaries. Especially when you start getting into the 70s when it's like, mm, I love you. Also, I want you to die. Like, yeah. here's how I'm going to kill you. Speaking of love, I'm such a segue doctor, by the way. Um, this movie starts off with <laughs> the weirdest first scene that's ever existed, in my opinion. But it's also awesome. Well, I guess the very first shot is like some underwater camera work with like the theme the going. Theme, yeah, but... and it sets the tone. Like that's definitely you know what you're in for. Like when you watch that first, like where they're doing all of the like title mm-hmm. sequences, you like know that oh, this is not going to be a fun movie. You're not going to walk away and be like, woohoo! Or it is going to be really fun, and you're going to be like, oh my gosh, that was so scary you're for like, people who like scary movies. See, and I don't. So when I see I that horror, I get immediate dread, and I'm like, cool. So I'm gonna like not be able to sleep tonight. Yeah. And like I dreamt about sharks last night. <laughs> so I think you walk into it, and then for that that underwater scene to immediately go to like a hippie campfire circle. Yeah is um quite the transition in yes. my opinion well and i think you know you were talking about like this being a horror movie i think afi is really right when they call it a thriller because it's well i associate horror movies with a lot of gore mm-hmm. for one thing and there's really not a lot of gore here so like when speaking, they do it though yes they do it yeah um but speaking of like kind of this first opening attack, so you've got the hippie campfire, which I think I had to know that was like, oh my god, this hair, and oh my god, those sweaters. Um, I wrote hippies deserved it, <laughs> so <laughs> that's a different first thought than you had. But well, like it was very stereotypical, like what you think of when you think of the seventies yes. and free love and this campfire. And now I'm like, oh, maybe this actually existed, or it's similar to like. Greece, where it's the a later generation commenting on like what they thought that time was or something. I mean, Spielberg would have been pretty I, young at the time. Yeah, I, you know, I think it's more just like portraying young people. Yeah, and it's always a little bit like heightened in any movie. Oh, I. Agree. I mean, think about like millennial portrayals in oh, movies yeah. today. Listen, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but no, I did know that like throughout this film, there are a lot of like sweaters and turtlenecks and it's supposed to be like mid-july but it's mid-july in jersey or new york right so that's but their their summers like you to think their winters are brutal so for them having like 70 degree weather is like take off the shirt but then they're like oh wait but it's still cold so like i need a sweater but like let me wear a crop top sweater like let me wear some shorts with it i guess it is it as far as plot holes go, the outfit <laughs> choices are very off, and like the age is are a little off for me too. Yeah. I, I'll get into it later with like the the little boy's victim, like his mother. She's like eighty, so I don't understand <laughs> how she's his mom. But I mean, like that very first scene. Why was that girl sitting away from everyone else? I don't know. Yeah, that was weird. <laughs> and then she's just like chase me and starts taking off and her starts, clothes. Like, stripping. But I did love the cinematography with that shot. Mm. So like the lighting in general in the movie is amazing. Yeah. But it's this shot of them running along like one of those dune fences, like dune yeah. fences, and like the camera just tracking with them, and I really liked that. And you really wanted to see a little bit of boob, but you never <laughs> did. And like I thought you that was very classy, did. but uh, 
thing. Like, you saw, like, a slight nipple, but it was, like, an outline of a nipple. It wasn't, like, a true boob. No, it wasn't, like... And I respected that. I think that was a tasteful move on their part. Because they really could have just gone all, like, full boob. Yeah, no, it, it, considering that it's a 70s movie, like... Full boob would have been The a nudity good is very restrained. Yeah. And it could... and. Y- that hippie scene really proved it. And I mean, everyone's in a bikini and everyone's on a beach. So like, I thought it was very restrained. But yeah, I didn't understand why they had to run along the dunes when if you just turned around, they were right next to the water. But I, I mean, assume that like her intentions were they were going to get in the water. She's going to be naked. And he was just going to be like, oh, my God, I love you. And then they were going to like do hippie things in the <laughs> water. So it makes sense why they went away, but it doesn't. Well, anyway, it sets up an opportunity for our first shark attack. And this is kind of where I was talking about, like, the lack of gore. And also just because of the lack of gore and because you don't really see the shark for so long, mm-hmm. this movie builds tension so wonderfully. So, like, you get kind of these alternating shots of, like, above the water seeing her and, like, her face to, like, below the water. Mm -hmm. And it's, like, the camera moves towards her like a shark. Yeah. I thought they did a good job of um, whenever they did the in-water sequences, Mm -hmm. it felt like you were the predator. And I liked that because you don't get that visualization a lot because they try to separate – the killer from everyone else. They try yeah. to make you sympathize with the victims. But this time it almost felt like you were like, ooh, let's get closer. Like, I want to bite her. Like, you felt like you were yeah. the shark and like you were like creeping up on her. So, yeah, that first yeah. scene of that was really when, great. I love the way the attack starts where it's just like a couple little bobs. Yeah. And then it builds and then it's her just getting like dragged around and her screaming, which I kind of wanted to be like the guy's passed out on the beach and I was like, that would wake him up. He's napping while she's dying which I feel like is a perfect representation of the patriarchy. That's another <laughs> discussion. I mean, really though, how do you get all the way to the water and then you pass out? It didn't, I, I wish that he would have like sat down or something and been like, oh, I'm tired. Yeah. And then passed out, but then you just like see her dying and then it like cuts to him and he's just laying like, on the yeah. beach like, what's up? Yeah, but after she gets like flung around, the attack ends very suddenly with her yeah. just disappearing and, and I not coming that. up. And the score cuts out too mm-hmm. when that happens. I didn't notice that. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, it's I love that opening attack. I think oh, it, yeah. it sets up the predator nice. It builds tension really well. Well, and they really play with the idea of like the great unknown. Mm-hmm with you know the ocean and so well like our main character who we're introduced with the uh chief of police uh brody brody Brody. but like he's afraid of the ocean and part of it's because he's like what's out there and he's like afraid of drowning i think he says yeah and so like they set that up even with that first scene of you don't really know because it's nighttime. Like, you can't see the water. She can't see the water. She probably, I mean, she probably knows she's getting attacked, but she really doesn't know what it is where everyone else sort of had a visualization. And then you cut to her dying to the very next morning of him looking at the ocean. Mm -hmm. So it's just like, you know, the ocean hasn't changed. It's still this vast unknown thing to both of these characters, but terror lurks beneath, you know? (laughs) Like, you just don't know what's going on. Yeah. Well, and speaking of character, like, they do such a good job of building character and, like, making you like characters. Mm-hmm. So, like, you, in the end, when you have, like, Quint and Brody and Hooper fighting the shark, like, you really want them to survive. Oh, yeah. And you know what drives them. So, like, it's not just, like, 
a horror movie with like our I don't know cookie cutter protagonist and like this person fits 100% in this stereotype I mean Quint does a little bit but I can't tell if that's because (laughs) Quint fits the stereotype or Quint like hardcore defined the stereotype he he defines a lot of things in my opinion (laughs) I mean he's he is really the standout character and they obviously wrote him that way from the second he like his very oh, first yeah. second on screen because when he scratches he commands attention and like that's how his character is the rest of the movie. Mm-hmm. I mean anytime he's in a scene And that's the you're first press conference I think where we see him, right? Where like because the mayor doesn't want anybody the, to know. Yeah, he doesn't yeah. want people to know there's a shark out there because it's going to ruin their tourism. <laughs> And, like, you have, like, the coroner changing his report and stuff, which, oh, that made me really angry. Yeah, I mean, they obviously, the city bureaucracy really mm-hmm. dictates. And I think that was good at the very beginning when they're establishing that he's new and this is his first yeah. summer and, you know, his best, that's always how those kind of things are yeah. set up. They're the new guy in the block and they're just trying to get by and they're trying to prove a point. And they're trying to do what's right, but everyone else is trying to do what's best. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of like what's best for everyone versus what's best for the few. And you see that like internal struggle, especially when um, the little boy's mother confronts yeah. him and says, you knew about it mm-hmm. and you didn't do anything. Because- and that's when you really see that turn of his character. There's the second attack where it's a small kid and the way they build tension around that scene. So it's... Yeah, let's let's dive into that. Let's just talk about that scene. So it's a packed beach. Um, You have Brody and his wife like sitting on the beach with like their friends. Everyone's in the water because nobody had heard about that Chrissy girl passing. Not passing. She got murdered. They're in the water and the little boy comes out and says oh, mommy, like, can I go in more? And she's like, let me see your hands. And he, she, like, yeah. he, like, shows oh, yeah, her hands pruny. and she's like, they're too pruny. And I'm Which like, I was like, why right. would that stop? Yeah, you know? what What did you, what does that do? And then I was, like, Googling, like, do pruny fingers, like, hurt your fingers? And I don't know, like, why she had that weird thing. So, yeah, she, she let him go yeah. back in. I, I thought that was, like, after that one guy had encouraged everyone to, like, kind of get Maybe. in the water, though. But it's... I, we're talking about the same. The whole time, though, he was he was encouraging people yeah. to get in. Well, and my question with the mayor was, I was like, people are on the beach. Why do you care if they're in the water? Well, and it's like he, let's be real. You just want the money. So if they're out of the water, yeah, they're, they're still buying spending snacks. Money. They're going to lunch. They're doing all these things. So yeah, they're already here. But I get it because he wants people to go back and be like, hey, go to Amity. That's the best beach you can yeah. possibly go to. But it just. I didn't respect him the second he walked no. on the beach in the suit. I mean, let's yeah, be real. Yeah, I had killer jackets, though. Oh, great jackets, but why were you wearing them on the beach? I get it, you're the mayor, <laughs> but, like, I hate when they always have the mayor portrayed as, like, this dude who's in a suit no matter what, because most of the time whenever I meet a mayor, they're just, like, they're in a t-shirt, and they're like, hey, I'm the mayor, and you're like, what do you do? And you're I'm like, a cool Nothing. mayor. I'm yeah. not, like, other mayors. <laughs> I'm a cool mom. <laughs> Um, so the first attack I think was really well done because you had the chaos of the sheriff knowing what's happened or at least having an inkling of what's happening, but nobody else, everyone's blissfully aware. So you're from his perspective and, you know, things happen where like the guy's playing with the dog 
and the dog pops up and he's like, oh my God, that's a shark. And then yeah. it's like not, it's a false alarm. And then or there's like the guy with the bathing cap on that looks like a shark thing yeah. going after this lady on a float. Exactly. And things like that happen and you're like, oh man, oh man, it's another false alarm. It's another yeah. false it's alarm. Like build tension, but you release. Can feel it. Build tension, release. Yeah. And the, the background noise, and this is obvious, this is one of the reasons it probably won the Oscar for sound mm-hmm. because you felt the the chaos of the situation and you felt the panic because you knew what the sheriff knew but like you couldn't do anything about well, you're it you're wondering do anything about it which one of them's gonna die oh yeah and you hope it's not gonna be the little boy but you kind of have a feeling not gonna lie i was really upset about the dog okay so the dog did die right Is that- i think the dog definitely died but you know what? Justice for the dog. It never got a proper killing scene. It just disappeared. And, and you know, everyone's like, oh, that little boy died. And that guy's like, where's Pip Pip? Or whatever the yeah, name Yeah, well, I think dog the dog was. goes missing first. And that's when you're like, oh, the shark's definitely there. It's right before the little boy yeah, gets attacked. Yeah, and it goes after the little boy. Oh, man. Yeah. I mean, and that scene, I wrote fucking gore in all caps. Yeah, I it's mean, just like... It's like funnels of blood for no reason. and Definitely, I think, more blood than is in, like, an eight-year-old kid's body. Oh, for sure. But you know what? Maybe his mom had a point. His (laughs) fingers were really pruney, and maybe he looked like a seal or, like, some sort of, like, aquatic animal, and he confused the the shark. The shark wasn't like, oh, the shape of a human paddling on a raft is vaguely seal-like. I'm sure it was, like pruny fingers equal seal and this is i'm gonna advocate for the shark the whole time because (laughs) this is one of those times where maybe the the mom was right the kid should have not gone back in the water he was just asking for it you heard me say that the shark was the number 18 villain right not hero you know what though i bet um darth vader's up there and darth vader's very misunderstood too (laughs) i'm really i'm really pulling like a barney stinson from how i met your mother (laughs) while like i advocate from like the other point of view but also thanos did nothing wrong so i think everyone should know that (laughs) that is how it works watch infinity wars war whatever because i will always ask sorry but we cannot fully endorse marvel on this podcast (laughs) it's really mainstream no i'm so sick of superhero movies we'll do like a blog post on that or something yeah but anyway i always advocate for the villain because in this case the hippies deserved it the kids' fingers were pruny. <laughs> I'm just saying at this point, the shark did nothing wrong. He was just acting on instinct. And when your cat bites you, you're just like, well, you know what? I was messing with you. So, like, I deserve it. And <laughs> from what I'm is... seeing so far, everyone deserved it. It sounds like a personal issue between you and your cats. Well, they have been really mean. We're moving currently, and it's it's a thing. Anyway, so once the kids attacked, there's actually a, a great scene where everyone's like running out of the water. Oh, yeah. And freaking out. And there's like a stampede. Some people get hurt. But like everyone gathered on the beach and that mom realizing it was her kid. I can't imagine like when every other kid emerges and you realize it's not your child. Yeah. That's tough because that's the exact feeling that like. You know, movies try to pull in all types of audiences, and when you grab but the mom... But they do it sad. pretty nicely. They don't have the mom then, like, breaking down yeah. in tears. They don't milk it, so it feels more real, yeah. which actually, I think, like, hit me harder. Because they, at that point, they cut away to the raft 
in the water, right? And I then, think so. And then yeah. they or go the, to the yeah, press Yeah, the broken conference. raft washing up on the beach. Yeah. And then they go to the press conference where they introduce Quint. Yes. But there's one beautiful scene right before the press conference starts when he goes into his office and there's that one lady. The secretary. The secretary had some lines. And she just, she was just like... She was just kind of all over the place. I mean, she wasn't organized, and I think that, like, kind of captures, like, that town being, like, lazy. Well, it was humorous. Summer. And, like, oh, yeah. this film's funny. Oh, yes. In a way that I had, like, completely forgotten. Oh, yeah. There were some lines you were just like, what? Okay. Yeah. One of them, she was talking about um the, the karate club. <laughs> yeah. Um, Karateing the picket fences, <laughs> which is kind of funny, and uh, my boyfriend Andrew brought it up, was that it was... Um, something he thinks the Karate Kid references further forward because they were karate chopping picket fences and like people's property and stuff. So, oh my god, I hope so. You know, Jaws like obviously perpetuates into like other movies because it's obvious it's mm-hmm. so critically acclaimed and everyone loves it. Yeah. And it's one of the best movies ever, quote unquote. Um, and that's. She's just like, yeah, they've been karate chopping the picket fences yeah. again. The little just like, like oh, throwaway right. lines are so good. Um, when it just, it's so, it's it shows it's such a funny line, but it shows just like that's the problem this town has. Yeah, like, like kids karate. These chopping are the picket things fences. they deal with. Which I think this is a good time to talk about like stakes. So like going back to like my Marvel comment. So like. You know, you have a lot of movies where they're like, we need big stakes, end of the world. Oh, yeah. But, like, with this movie... Being in a rock forever. It is so tense, and, like, the stakes feel so real and important, or at least I think so, and they're not, like, outside of that town, they're not that big. No. I mean, shark attacks happen. Yeah. I say all the time, but I know the reason shark attacks chat. Shark attacks are always in the news is because of Jaws. Yeah. But they happen pretty often. Like three yeah. people dying. And no like, one's gonna care about it. Everyone's a girl. sad, but like it's not like the entire world ending. But because we are like attached to these characters and we are in their world and it's a big deal in their world, mm-hmm. the stakes are super important to us. Oh yeah, and I mean they really set it up with the mayor at the conference saying, you know, Multiple times saying, you can't close the beaches. What are you saying? And then when they do have the announcement mm-hmm. and he, like, blurts out that the beaches are closing, someone like, says... but only for 24 hours. 24 hours. Somebody's quote was, 24 hours is, like, three weeks. And I'm like, all right, lady. Like... <laughs> Calm down. Yeah. I, it's funny because I love it. They obviously gave people, like, lines to say in those scenes and some of them poke through and that was mm-hmm. one that caught me and I was like, all right. Like, yeah. it's not that bad. Especially... I could understand it's July 4th, 24 hours is like three weeks, but like this was a week before July 4th. They were still preparing for all of it. Yeah. And like, yeah, the stakes, the stakes were really high for the city though, because if you hear that there's a murderous shark on their beach, mm-hmm. like, yeah, okay, I'm I'm going to go to Palm Beach this year. Like, I'm, I'm going to travel. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to this random beach that's cute, but like a beach is a beach. An ocean's an ocean. Well. Notion's not an ocean. You learn that very quickly. But you know, a beach a beach. Yeah. So you don't have to go there. Yeah. Which is why else. I believe they offer a reward, right, for the shark. Three thousand dollars, which I don't know what that is in nineteen seventies money. I'll continue to talk while you Google. But so 
Quint kind of does his like scratching on the chalkboard, like old sailor man entrance, and Iconic. basically says like, you know, hire me to kill the shark, I'll get you your shark. Oh my god. How much is it? It is $10,000, which is funny because if you think about it, it's 3000 originally and then Quint is like, I'll do it for $10,000. I mean, he knew he knew how interest works. Um <laughs> it would be even the 10,000s even more. I mean, yeah. if 3000 is 10,000, then it's probably about $30,000. Yeah. He's asking this town to fork over for him to just like kill a shark. Kill a shark. I mean, and like they say, when everyone goes into the ocean and they're like ravenous, uh, Hooper's just like, yeah, you know, the likelihood of them actually catching yeah. the real shark is very low. Yeah, because here comes after that. So there's like this scene of people like piling into boats and they're like chumming the waters and they've all got like guns. One guy's got dynamite. And they're like, like whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. And they're chumming off the dock. Yeah. Which I just was like, all right, so you want more shark attacks to yeah, happen? All right. It's not smart. But um, we're introduced to my favorite character in the movie, Richard Dreyfus's character, Hooper, oh, yeah. who's the oceanographer and like the shark specialist. I don't know what that's called in science world, but sharkanography it's some fancy word but who yeah. cares you're not gonna know we're not gonna know <laughs> it and if we say it, you're just gonna be like wow these pretentious people all right yeah i mean he's great and but yeah i love his sassy different. comments because like the chief's trying to get people to not to go out and there's like one boat that like too many people are getting it's gonna capsize and like they won't listen to him and he's like gotta go handle something else he's like Hooper, tell those people they can't go out in that boat. And Hooper's like, hey, you guys. Yeah. And, like, tells them not to. And they're like, fuck off. And so then he's like, yeah, I told them not to. And they're still going to. And they're probably all going to die. Which is just so funny because if I thought, "Mm, murder a shark, let me pile on a boat with 12 people. I mean, that's not like a boat boat. That's a little boat. Meat shields? Oh, yeah. Shark sacrifice. You just got to swim faster than like every other person and the shark. That's true, which, spoiler alert, they all die. But (laughs) yes, I mean, they swim faster, but then he eventually gets all of them, which I think is a really great scene. But yeah, I mean, Hooper, it's straight from the get-go. He's not like everyone else. I mean, he comes very scientific. He's not passionate Mm -hmm. about any of this. I mean, he cares and he has a love for it, but like he doesn't like... He doesn't get into a boat with eight other people to no. murder a shark. Well, and I love the scene of him doing the autopsy on, like, the first girl who died because he's, like, so disturbed and sickened about it, but is trying to be, like, very scientific. So, like, as he's recording, like, these very clinical statements of the autopsy, it's, like, him, like, trying not to gag and, like, asking for water and having to, like, look away. And I thought that was such a good performance. Oh, yeah, and I loved his little side notes of, like, you think this was a boating accident? This isn't a boating accident. Like, he gets, like, very upset. And I, I think that was good because, you know, they are very much like, this was a boating accident, no questions asked. Yeah. And then when he comes back and he's like, yeah, no, it's not. Yeah. It And he's so confident about it that everyone is like, oh, yeah. And the sheriff's obviously like. Yeah, the sheriff's like, yeah. I need this man as my ally. Yeah, and he trusts him. And, you when- know. You've got the people who bring back, like, the small tiger shark, and they're like, this is the shark that killed them. And the sheriff, of course, like, is so relieved. Like, you can see the look on his face mm-hmm. where he's like, oh, it's all over. And Hooper is there with, like, a measuring tape, measuring the mouse as the press is trying to get a picture. And they're like, young man, young man, please move. Which I was like, Richard Dreyfus is not that young. Yeah, he looks... 
He's just he short. looks kind of oily and old in that entire scene. Yeah. But I loved how they're like, get a get a one with you guys standing. Okay, now kneeling. And they yeah. wanted all this variety of shots. Yeah, and he's just there with, with his shark. measuring tape, and then he's like, "This isn't the shark." Yeah, they're and like, "The, ju- the bite radius up. isn't big enough." Yeah. Which I I know they do this in you know modern day. I just still don't understand how you can like measure the bite radius of, like, and, and know what shark it is. I mean, I get it, but like, well, because the shark that is so Bruce, the Bruce. the shark misunderstood little bruce fish are friends not food he knows that's why he eats humans they never explain that in finding Nemo. first of all there we go (laughs) but like if that shark is supposed to be like 20 25 feet long versus that tiger shark i feel like you could look at that bite radius and be like yeah no what what i find most interesting about all of that in his autopsy is like from what I understood, and maybe this was them just being, like, very classy and tasteful about the gore, but her remains were, like, a little pile, right? Yeah, because they, they, like, pick up the severed arm. Yeah, they get the severed arm. So how do you get a bite radius off of, like, a little ball of her hair I mean, and an arm? I wonder if it's, like, this is so graphic, but if they had just, like, taken a bite out of her torso. Yeah. and So, like, maybe you can get an idea. Or maybe you can get an idea and be like, well, the bite radius is bigger than this yeah. because of, like, the teeth imprints or what's missing. I, I don't guess. know. I, I don't, don't know, know anything about shark bites. Thank goodness. Because if I did, I would never go <laughs> in the ocean again. But I'm I fine think, not knowing about those. I think this whole scene really shows how, like, ravenous everyone was to kill the shark because their approach to it is terrible. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's a thousand other things you could do. You know, put a net around the beaches. Dynamite, not a sound way to catch a shark. No, just like, oh, yeah, let's destroy everything. And, you know, I feel like, and this is the best hot take I have, (laughs) the city could have removed this problem with dolphins. They could have released a bunch of dolphins into the ocean. Get this. Dolphins are bullies to sharks. Sharks are afraid of dolphins because they're faster than them, they're smarter than them, and they just know it. I mean, if you think about it, like, a shark is a semi-truck. A dolphin is like a sports car. Mm-hmm. So they know that they're going to be kind of bullied. And like there's very documented evidence of like dolphins, quote unquote, protecting people, protecting whatever. Now, there's evidence of them protecting seals, but that's mostly because they wanted to like then do uh not safe for work things to the seal. <laughs> so dolphins suck, first of all. So I'm not advocating, but like they could have protected these people by putting s- dolphins into the ocean. I mean, like dolphins, like let's let's fuck with that shark. I I have logistical questions and sourcing. I questions. mean, one guy was literally going to use dynamite. <laughs> you know so. what? You're right. <laughs> dolphins work. I mean, they probably have a good source of dolphins. Touche. They never, you know what's surprising me? Go down to the dynamite store, go by the dolphin store. They never once used dolphins as like, you know, when they built tension of people thinking things were sharks. They never used dolphins. I wonder if that's because dolphins aren't native to that area. Maybe, I mean, maybe they were way more intelligent than we are, but I know every, anytime I see a dolphin, I'm like, that's a shark. I saw a shark finally, and then it's just a dolphin. I'm like, all right, well, cool. But, I mean, that scene, like, they're ravenous. They'll do yeah. anything to get rid no. of that well, shark. Well, and then, of course, they won't let Hooper just open it up because when he's like, this isn't the shark, and they're like, of course it is, and he's like, it's like last meal will still be in his stomach. Open it up, and we'll see. Like, open it up right here, and they won't. Yeah. Um, but that cuts to another really nice, like, 
character development scene where we have like Brody and Hooper and Mrs. Brody. I think her name's Ellen, but they're like having dinner and Brody's or not Brody. Uh, Hooper's explaining how he got into like sharks and there's the great line where the chief opens a bottle of red wine and like immediately starts to pour it and Hooper's like are you gonna let that breathe okay no yep he just knows and he just pours like a pint glass of wine yeah I mean you know that guy had a hard day at work and I have been there where you're like oh yeah I should use a wine class but (laughs) (laughs) no it's been one of those days I need an entire pint and the real injustice here is that Ellen does not get enough credit for her lines i mean there's a couple of things she says Mm -hmm. in the movie that are just brilliant i mean the one scene that i remember is when uh their children are playing on that boat outside of their house yeah on their dock and he's like obviously like perusing all of these books about sharks and it has that one when he's like freaking out he's like get off the boat get out of the water and she's like they're fine it's a boat and then she opens the book and it's like the shark attacking a boat and then she's immediately like get out of the water yeah and i you know she had that line and then when she was talking to hooper and she was like going along with it and being like really cool and nice and like not like oh my husband's a psychotic like deranged man at this point and she just she doesn't get as much love as she deserves but i mean once again this is 70s i had really liked their relationship though yeah. It was a very like partner oh, relationship, yeah. which I thought was very nice and very sweet because, you know, there are various attacks. The chief pushes to hire Quint and he, Hooper, and Quint are all gonna go out on uh the boat, the orca, and hunt down the shark. And, you know, I love her exchange with Brody right before he goes and she's like, What am I gonna tell the kids? And he goes, Tell them I'm going fishing and she kind of like brave face brave face then turns to leave and it's her walking and then t- sprinting yeah away. well and i think you know he had done a really good job communicating to her like how serious mm-hmm. this situation was Well, and because they've established that he's afraid of the ocean oh yeah we know it's serious because he's now going on the ocean they drink a lot on that boat though and i'm like are we a really lot. gonna drunk hunt a, like a beast well and i mean they're sailors, right? They always say, like, drink like a sailor. It kind of makes sense that, like, that's what you do on a boat. And I think that does a really good job. I don't think job. I'd be doing it during that point, though. But it provides us comedic relief. I mean, because by the point they get drunk, the shark has already tried to kill them, like, three times. Yeah. So I just, my natural instinct wouldn't be like, mm, I've almost died a bunch. Let's drink tonight because the shark, sharks don't sleep. I mean, mm-hmm. when they do, they're still moving. So, like, and the shark obviously never sleeps. It's just... It's vengeful, murderous rage will live on forever. Yeah. But yeah, they they keep drinking and then they get drunk and then like that's when the shark like really tries to kill them. Yeah, when right before you have the attack, you've got like Hooper and Quint comparing scars Mm -hmm. and then that's when you learn that Quint was on the um, USS Indianapolis yeah, Pearl Harbor and he has that beautiful monologue that it's like framed him in the foreground and Hooper in the background. And I actually also noticed like Richard Dreyfuss because Robert Shaw, who plays Quint, is having to deliver this amazing monologue and he absolutely kills oh, it. Oh, it's amazing. Um, But Richard Dreyfuss is also in that entire shot because it's a very long shot just focused It's a really on good Quint. long monologue scene. And so the way both of them just like hold the intensity mm-hmm. is so good and so then it makes when the shark like breaks that tension by like hardcore coming for the boat because at this point i think they've already speared him once or twice 
They have the little yellow barrels on him. Which are brilliant. Oh, I would have never thought about that. And then, but it's funny because once again, the shark is very intelligent and he Mm -hmm. learns that like, oh, if I stop moving, they come close to me. And so he'll like do that thing where he's like around them and then he'll stop and they'll just bobble Mm -hmm. in the water. And then he's like, oh yeah, by the way, I'm still here. Well, it's visually amazing because again, you know, we've had like, a glimpse or two of the shark and we get some like longer glimpses of him during the various like attacks on the boat because it is a pretty long segment but because of the way they like build the tension and then release it with a little bit of comedy it doesn't wear on you no and one of i think the reason that we're gonna need a bigger boat is one of the most iconic lines is because that is really the first time you see that shark i mean right then it's and so people remember seeing the shark, and then they remember that line. Yeah, because it's Brody chumming the water, and then you have the mouth come yeah. out at him. And it's, you know, it's... I love his reaction, too, where he just, like, stands straight up and freezes. Because like, I'm like, neat. Like, he doesn't yell. No. Or scream. And I'm like, I get that reaction mm-hmm. to, like, being fear where you're just, like, freeze, process what just happened, and then he, like, has the boat line. But... It's very in his character mm-hmm. of being, like, police officer yeah. and, like calm and then saying what is actually Mm. needs to be done to fix the situation like going back to the barrels because they have the tension the first time where quint's trying to spear it and you have hooper trying to tie the knot in time to get the barrel attached and it's like never have i felt so tense over someone having to tie a knot oh yeah i mean figure eight knots are no joke too but yeah him trying to tie that knot and then Finally getting it. And yeah, and it's like, like, just yeah! in time. But then you have the barrels because I think at that point we might have gotten a glimpse of the shark. But it's like you they use the barrel to show you where the shark is. And there's the point towards the end where they had three barrels yeah. harpooned in that shark. And Quint's like, he can't go under with the barrels. Because like, part of the function of the barrels is they can see where the shark is. And then it's supposed to keep him from diving too low. Yeah. But he's like, there's no way he can go under with three barrels. And it's this like long shot of the three barrels going towards the boat and then just going under. And you're just like, oh, shit. Oh, yeah. I mean, by the time they get that third barrel on him, like that shark is fucking done with these people. He's like, you know what? Like, all right, just keep hitting me with these bright yellow things. Like, I'm a little upset. And like, he definitely like, they have that whole thing of like, this shark is larger than life mm-hmm. and can do things that, like, you wouldn't expect from him. And then he does. Like, yeah. he lives up to those expectations and, like, gets mm-hmm. – I mean, he's amazing. And then, like, the I think amazing. right before you have, like, the three barrels and them going under, you have these series of shots where Quint's in the crow's nest. And mm-hmm. it's, like, sh- looking down on him and then also looking up at him. And the scores weaved in with um, the Ladies of Spain yeah. song, which Quint sings mm-hmm. a lot. And which they are, like, drunkenly singing when the shark then just, like, crashes into the boat. Well, and that's why they didn't notice the shark was crashing in because they were banging on the table for that song, which was real. I mean, that was was such a fun scene, and it Mm -hmm. really, like, captured their friendship through, like, a uh, similar enemy. I mean, they really, like, they all have different reasons for wanting to get the shark. But then they all come together, and mm-hmm. they form this, like, really great bond. And then when you see that eventually split up, you're like... Yeah, I was going to say, because then broken. there's tension, because Quint kind of goes a little insane. Um. Well, I mean, I mean, let's go to that Captain Ahab and Moby Dick yeah. thing. I mean, that was that was his white whale. That was his Moby Dick. A great white shark. Yeah, like, yeah. great white... Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, and, like, you have 
the chief kind of on that last attack, the chief is trying to call the Coast Guard for help, and Clint just like takes. It's like a. It's it's not a bat, is it's it? It's like a. No, it is a bat. Is it a bat? Yeah. Okay, he just takes a bat to the radio, and I love when he just goes, sorry, chief. Or it's like, sorry, or maybe it might be like, excuse me, chief, but something like that, and the chief's like, what the fuck are you doing? I just, his insanity, I mean, if you read Moby Dick makes sense, but like, why? Why did you, why did you go for that? I don't. I I feel like you kind of slowly saw it happening, and Quinn's such a weird character, and they set him up as kind of this, like, oh, weird, yeah. creepy From the second outsider. he comes in and scratches his nails on the chalkboard, yeah. you know he's gonna be, like, a thing. Yeah, but it's still sad when he dies in that last attack. Yeah, but it's almost like, you know, he sort of foreshadowed his own death when he was talking about the USS Indianapolis, mm-hmm. where, like, he survived and he heard the screams, and I always was curious when he did get pulled in by the shark and bit he let out this like gut wrenching yell, and I was like, "Wow, maybe that's what he described yeah. and what he had heard." Because you kind of saw they had when he screamed, they cut to the sheriff and the sheriff's face being like, "Oh, that's that high pitched yeah. noise," and so he almost foreshadowed his own death. And I that's feel also like, probably the most graphic shot in the movie. Oh too. yeah, and it's tough because you at this point you had been watching these guys for an hour and a mm-hmm. half, and you felt really attached to them, and you heard of his struggle and like you know not fitting in and all this kind of I mean the dramatic irony is top notch but oh yeah him dying to the shark is perfect yeah but uh, speaking of which I want to talk a little bit about special effects Mm. so we haven't touched on that I would say provided that they're not on the shark too long and you don't see too much of the shark they hold up pretty well there were a lot of times that i wasn't sure if it was footage of a shark or their shark i mean they did a really good job of cutting away mm-hmm. and that you know, editing oscar yeah i mean exactly and you know there's some movies when you know it's not the actual person acting and you know like they do like this crazy jump and you're like yeah and then it's like them jumping up and it's their face and you're like, yeah, yeah you like, didn't make that yeah, jump no. but like there were a lot of times that i was like is that footage of a of a great white shark or is that like is that the shark they yeah, built there was only like one shot where i was like ooh, and that was when it was like kind of like most of the shark flopping on the boat yeah and that was the one shot where i was like yikes but well it just didn't make that. sense for the shark to just like <laughs> hang out on the dock like yeah. he couldn't breathe he was suffocating right then and i mean i understand murderous rage yeah. drives you to do incredible things but Mur- still classic murder shark Hey, at that point, they had shot three darts in him. Like, he was, once again, the shark really was doing what was best for the yeah. shark. He's a good guy. Yeah. But we do get, like, this kind of cool action hero, but not, like, stereotypical action hero moment from the chief. Because at this point, too, like, we think Hooper might be dead. Because yeah. he had gone down in a shark cage. And I like that exchange where they, like, don't want him to go. And he's like, do you have a better idea? Because, like, I'm willing to listen um and he's trying to like inject it with a like strychnine arsenic solution or something like that some weird i mean they were trying to really make him sciencey because i was like all right needles like yeah this shark's totally gonna let you just like well they that's mouth part of what they say is they're like can you get it through the skin he's like no i'm gonna aim for the mouth and i think that's part of you know kind of the desperation there is where like yeah, that's probably not going to work, and they know that too, but they're like, this well, is what we got. Yeah, I mean, and their boat's, like, yeah. falling apart, and 
in the shark attacks Hooper in the cage. At one point, we lose sight of Hooper and they pull back up like a mangled cage. So it's like assumed Hooper's dead and the chief looks pretty broken up about it. Well, and even if even if Hooper hadn't died at that moment, like if Brody hadn't made it out, Hooper would have died because he would have been in a scuba suit in the middle of the ocean. Yeah, because you know, after Quint dies, we think Hooper might be dead or he's at least missing. It's just the chief like climbing this sinking little boat. I don't even want to call it a ship because the orca's tiny. Oh, they yeah. really did need a bigger boat. Oh, yeah. I mean, sorry. I think the shark was as long as the boat. At oh, that surely. Point. Like 20 to 25 feet. Maybe that boat longer. Wasn't that big. But um, he's like climbing the rigging and he almost gets eaten by the shark at one point and he like shoves one of these like canisters of i think some sort of gas it's a scuba uh, compressed oxygen. air compressed yeah. air yeah the compressed air because they, the they have a diving. lot of scenes where they like show him bumping into the compressed air he mentions it's compressed yeah. air it's highly explosive don't touch it i mean they definitely i mean you know when that. there's a canister of compressed air on the shelf it has to be exploded by the end of the play oh it has to if it doesn't it's, it's an absolute that's how that saying goes Oh, yeah, that saying that everyone says, right? <laughs> that classic one. <laughs> um, but he gets it, the cancer of compressed air in the shark's mouth and then is, like, sitting there trying to shoot it with a rifle and eventually shoots it and there's a giant explosion with shark gore everywhere and then... It just ends, right? I mean, they get... I, I they like it, though, because Hooper yeah. resurfaces and then we're like, yay, Hooper! And then oh, I'm happy, but then it was just like... Their bromance is adorable. Oh, yeah. But then they just, like, paddle home, and you're like, all I right. I liked it, though. I actually kind of liked it. I like it. I respect it, because there are a lot of times that, like, movies don't end when they should. Yeah. But I almost wanted them to go back and everyone be like, what happened? But I know that if that would have actually been the movie, I would have been like, yeah, they should have stopped it right after they killed the shark. Mm-hmm. So it's really one of those Catch-22s where you're like, man, I really wish I would have seen, like... They're victorious, come back, and everyone have been happy, but then I'm also like, yeah, I don't know. Like, yeah. But we get to see our two heroes, like, paddle off into the sunset, oh, which is yeah. kind of cool. And then they're best friends forever. Oh, that's adorable. Until uh, Hooper goes on that, like, boat. Hooper and Brody forever. What would their celebrity name be? Like, Brooper? No, <laughs> maybe. Hobry? Ho- Ho- Hobry? We'll have to workshop it. But yeah. anyway, after this movie... Nobody went in the ocean. I don't like if we're really if we're if we're gonna talk about yeah. Jaws. Let's let's talk about legacy because normally at this point we kind of like do our lists and our rankings, but you know, this didn't really win Best Picture and we haven't watched the movie that won that year, so we can't really compare it. So I think we should talk about legacy because this is probably one of the most universally recognized movies of all time. Yeah. I mean, even if you don't recognize the movie, you know You know the, the theme. Music. Yes. You know it's about a murder shark. You know you not know the to poster. go into the water. Yeah, the poster's super iconic. It's like Alien where, you know, you might not know it, but you know the catchphrase of mm-hmm. like, no one can hear you scream in space. I mean- Yeah, like you know that. It's like here, everyone's heard- you're gonna need a bigger boat. Yeah, you've heard you've heard some instance, or even like in popular culture, you've seen like iconic scenes. I mean, I was telling Maggie earlier that I've seen it in SpongeBob, where <laughs> there's been a scene where you know they're all trying to figure out a problem, and some guy comes in and scratches on the nails on the chalkboard, and he's that crazy pirate guy. And I mean, every that's that's just like a classic like kooky guy scene yeah like it's so spoofed and referenced oh, like yeah. you mentioned there might be a reference in the karate kid oh like, yeah it's undeniably 
important and like I don't know it's a classic yeah and I think the reason it's a classic and it's endured not only because of all the reasons we said but like you don't want to go in the water I mean you're mm. not like I don't leave this I'm like mm, you know what I'd love to do go on go, a beach go swimming vacation. in the ocean yeah and like now I mean obviously there's probably not going to be a murder or a shark but knock on wood you, not going to the beach with you soon oh yeah you know well I mean there was a a great white that shark attacked at our like local beach in where we normally go but the legacy of this was that beach attendance was down that year and all of the following years right after and then people were okay killing sharks i mean they they wanted to go on those like beat those shark killing like boat rides where they were like oh we got one and you know people were fascinated with sharks and yeah, it sucks because, you know, they were totally fine killing them because they thought all sharks were murderous. I wonder if that's when Shark Week started. Oh, well, maybe not, but it definitely feels like Shark Week. Or at least Shark Week. Shark Week probably started as like a reaction to some of the misconceptions. I mean, Sharknado is because of Jaws. Yeah. I mean, every everything well, that makes our culture obsessed with sharks. In general, too, just like the summer blockbuster this was a prototypical summer blockbuster i think star wars a couple years later kind of like sealed that yeah but you know the fact that you had a giant action-based like very talked about movie that came out in the summer and it's not the type of blockbuster that had necessarily been seen in previous years like it is action-based and you know this one happens to have good plot and characters but like just the idea of you need that like big summer movie that everyone's going to be talking about that's going to like break the box office because this was the highest grossing movie at the time until Star Wars. Yeah. I mean, and it came out on June 20th. So if you think about the timeline of the movie and of when people would have been watching this, it's right around the same time. Yeah. They're like, oh, I was just at the the beach for 4th of July. Yeah. And so I think a lot of like the beauty of horror, thriller, any kind of films like that is that they get released around Halloween. They get released around the time that you're going to be watching it. So, and and the movie takes place in that time. So, mm-hmm. you can go home. You know, you watch a horror movie on a thunderstorm night when it's really dark and it's a full moon. It it adds to that. Like, you may do that. I do not. Do no, that. I'll do. I'll do like a good old slasher, but like not oh, like no, those, no 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 paranormal. Oh, see, I am better with monsters or paranormal because it's not likely to really happen. Anything serial killer related, I'm like I can't do it, which is why Silence of the Lambs is going to destroy me. See, I this is so off topic, but I'm the opposite because ghosts they never defeat the ghost; they always defeat the human. And that's what I like about Jaws is that they eventually defeat the shark. And I think mm. it would have been a bold move to have the shark like kill them all and then just be like, what's next? The deep unknown. Like, <laughs> have the shark knows? like twirl his villain mustache. Oh, yeah. And- like just that cut of like his dead black eyes just being like, <laughs> I don't know what I just did, but or, I'm okay with it. Or, you know, if this it. was a true horror movie, this had been in the 80s. You know, it's like the last shot is the dead shark and then his eyes open. <laughs> Oh, of course. Like the person like reaching there, like the yeah. sh- the fin just coming out of the water. I've never seen Jaws 2, but who knows? Maybe that's the premise. I know that one had like the best tagline ever, just when you thought it was safe to get back in the water. Oh, that's a great tagline. Yeah, Terrible movie, but great never tagline. I don't think I've seen it, but I can guarantee that it is an awful movie because yeah. any of those iconic movies that have it too, I mean... Other than Star Wars. Well, and I don't think, like, Spielberg was attached to it, and, like, no, the original was. writer wasn't either. 
Um, it was obviously a money-making plot. Yeah, I guess we should kind of wrap up. I'm not used to having to end one where we haven't gone through our list. Um, if you do want to watch Jaws, which we would highly recommend, it, at least at the time of this recording, is currently free on Amazon Prime. So, like, go for it. Yeah, I mean, and at this point, it'll be Jaw or Jaws Week. It'll be Shark Week. Yeah. Which, I mean, is Jaws Week because they focus on great white sharks. So, you know, really get in that, like, perfect shark trilogy movie. Like, get a <laughs> Sharknado in there, get a little Jaws, and then... Maybe, like, throw in Orca, too. Or, like, Planet Earth, maybe, and, like, you watch, like, the one about sharks or... I don't yeah. know. Yeah, Orca movie. We'll have to put together, like, a recommended playlist. Yeah, I mean, it's Shark Week, like... Live it up, like let your biggest fears fully be bloomed because <laughs> provided is... that your biggest fears are about sharks, if not like save that for another week. Yeah, I mean, when we get to other movies, I'm sure snakes will be involved. Oh God, no, not if I didn't help it. and everything else. So yeah, sharks, sharks are scary, but they're misunderstood, and I think that's the most important takeaway from today is that all the shark wanted was to not be fucked with anymore. Okay, and if you agree or disagree with Lola, you can find us on social media and tell us. Yeah, I mean, Best Picture Pod. Yep, at Best Picture Pod on Twitter and Instagram, um, or email us in at bestpicturespodcast at gmail.com. And with that, I'm Maggie. I'm Lola. And thanks for listening. Thanks.